Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I sometimes get a little bit itchy. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Itchy the Killer, which released in 2001. Based on the manga by Hideo Yamamoto, written by Sakichi Sato, and directed by Takishi Mike. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Kakahara, who is a Yakuza boss underling. His boss has mysteriously disappeared, and so he sets out to try to find as much information and find out where his boss has gone. As his investigation deepens, he comes across Ichi, the killer, who is going out of his way to slice people up left and right, but also trying to stop himself from getting a hard-on. It's funny you should say that the story follows Kakihara (laughs) and not Itchy the Killer. Well, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and I'm sure almost everyone, including myself, I saw this film when it first released. It's been like 20 years now. 20 odd years, And uh, I've forgotten. And so when I looked at the cover, I was like, oh, that's Itchy on the cover. No, it's not. That's Itchy on the poster. But that's actually not. That's Kakihara. Yeah. And uh, I just think that's kind of amazing that he is the, the face of the movie. Not itchy. Well, I mean, in fairness, Poltergeist, Carol Ann is not the Poltergeist. Well, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, it sets up that there is a Poltergeist. You can actually there's, see there's, one. That is true. Well, this sets up that there's a killer called Itchy. And, and it's just a different dude's face <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the cover. Uh, but yeah, this is a film that I saw when it first came out. And it uh, this film had a lot of hype when yeah, it released. Yeah, yes, it did. Like we had, when we were looking for DVDs at the time to buy, there was always that section that listed extreme Asian cinema. Yeah, tartan films and tartan stuff like that. Stuff. Yeah. And this one was also occasionally shown in film schools as well. They're like, you have to see what the Japanese uh, films, what, what films are coming out of Japan at this time. Yeah. And Takishi Mike's name was just plastered over so many, so many so films. Much. Yeah. And he always said, you know, he never intended his films for Western audiences, American audiences, Hollywood system. Mm, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm making films for, for, for my country. Yeah. And if they do well overseas, it's not because we promoted them or no. anything like that. It's just word of mouth or the cultural kind of in, interest yes. in, in some of this stuff. And i got to say, of all of the Takeshi Mike stuff that I saw, I was not a big fan of Ichi the Killer. Mm. Um at all, really. I just kind of I watched it and went eh, and, and never really thought about it again. Yeah. But it's one of those films that remains in pop culture. Like people still remember this film. Oh, totally. People that have never even seen the film know of Itchy the Killer. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like this is like what the Evil Dead was for the eighties, wasn't it? When this came out, like I remember as well. Like you said, you know, we we didn't get a lot of you know foreign cinema over here during in the uk during the 90s the 80s you know it was only until early 2000 you started getting hit with all these movies from france from spain from korea you know we we had access and we heard about them but the only way you really got a copy to watch is if your friend went here you have to watch this take this home and i remember that was the case with itchy the killer like um like before this was was Battle Royale before this? I think it was just the same on time. The couch. Yeah. Might have been the same year. <laughs> Might have been the same. But I remember all of a sudden, like I saw one Tartan cinema, Asian cinema, extreme movie, and then all of a sudden there was just a fucking catalogue of them that you could go back and watch. And some of them are all right. Some of them are a bit 
you know, like I'm not gonna go in about audition all over <laughs> again. I just some some movie art is subjective, and I know that some people like it and some people don't. And when Itchy the Killer came along, like people were like, "You've got to watch this. You like violent movies. You like gory movies. You need to watch this." And so I was like, "Oh, okay." And I think we watched it together, and we were like, "Ah, eh, what the fuck's that?" Now watching it for this will be the second time I've ever watched it in my life, um, and I watched it with an older mind now. So I kind of got the humor. I kind of got the points that they were trying to express in the film. But as I was saying to Gary before they turned the camera on, I just don't think it's done very well. You know, like we said, you have Kakahara, the guy on the front cover, and he's probably your most heavily focused character throughout this whole movie because of the way he looks. You know, he's got his big sliced smile hiding up. Uh, it's known as the face. Glasgow smile or the Chelsea smile. Yeah, um, and, but he's got the two little um, like piercings there kind of holding together and he's got a scar on his face. And I'm, I thought it, this was very, um, very good because my Japanese is terrible. So uh, Tadanobi Asano, who plays him, went on to play Hugun or Hogan in Thor, the three Thor movies, and he's killed by Hela in, in um, Ragnarok. I thought his character in that was absolutely great, not realising <laughs> that this is where he comes from. So when I sat down to watch this, I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm totally behind this guy now, yeah. you know? Now, it's a bit of a, I mean, this film is a pretty good or faithful adaptation of the manga source material yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, this character, I think, is the most altered in terms of his visual presentation yeah in the comic book or in the manga rather he's he appears much older uh but he, he doesn't have the flamboyant hair or he's basically in a plain black suit right right um so yeah he, he's a complete different presentation in the film version but his character is pr absolutely the same yeah and we're following what we don't realize at start but we are kind of following a guy called Gigi, uh played by shinya Sukamoto, who is Itchy's handler. Now, Itchy, played by Neo Omari, is a superhero of some kind? Like, we don't really see it until halfway through the movie, but he will walk around in, like, a combat suit with a one on the back, and he's got a blade in his boot. And Gigi has basically hypnotized him or convinced him of some past trauma and has just sent Itchy on this path of destruction. And I kind of think it's cool that every now and again, you, you kick back to uh, Itchy's room and he's sat there playing Tekken 3. He's playing as Hoang as He's playing Hoang well. <laughs> as well. But much with Takeshi Mikkei's films, it takes like three or four fucking sit-downs to actually garner where all the plot threads are going because you literally just get random sequence after random sequence until well, like three quarters of the way for the film well i'm just gonna say now like a lot of the audience for this film if you're not aware of what age you're gonna be watching yeah like, yeah you're gonna have switched off after five minutes of this film like after the title if you're still watching this after the title sequence you're in 
Because the the film opens with a pretty brutal rape sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible to watch. It's yeah. hard to watch. Her screams sound genuine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it, it this rape is depicted in front of us. And we're following this guy. We don't know who he is yet. We'll find out that he is itchy. Yeah. And he is a bit of a pervert. And not only that, he enjoys watching these women get raped, beaten, and bloodied. To the point where he'll masturbate. Yeah. Whilst he's watching this happen, yeah. he gets caught and he runs off and we see the title card come up in his semen. Come up. I like how you use that. <laughs> now, here's a bit of trivia for you. It was real cum, wasn't it? It was real semen. It was fucking real cum. Now, there is no proof or evidence other than the director's own words. Yes, that was real cum. I handed the bucket out to the crew to fill it up. Now, you can believe Takeshi Mike if you wish. <laughs> I am I'm going to believe that it was just a makeup effect because this film has plenty of them, and for them to just cheapen out there, I don't know. It's pretty fucking disgusting, isn't it? But, Let's move on. Yeah, for me, I don't get it. Now, like, I haven't read the manga, um, and I don't ever think I very will ever want to after seeing the film twice. If this is the concept of the movie, that we are following a psychologically tortured man who, through no history, because we rarely get we, we barely get any history of Hitchy, who is going out of his way to kill these Yakuza gang members and bosses and stuff, but he will take enjoyment out of watching these women get raped and beaten. And I, I don't see him as a hero. I don't see Kakahara as a hero. I, I barely like any of the characters in this movie, I, I'll have to admit. Um, because I like most of them Kakahara are just... because I think he, of all the characters, he is the most relatable because... Relatable? He, even though he is horrible. I mean, he's a member of the Yakuza. They're all horrible. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all criminals. But, but, <laughs> but that's the thing, right? So, so Kakahara's boss goes missing... Um, and, and Gigi and his cleanup crew go in there and make the body disappear. They make it like Kakahara's boss, Anjo, has just disappeared and stolen the money. They must have got that Hellraiser cleanup crew in Fuck there. Yeah, <laughs> man. They, yeah. Now, what is with that special effect? It's so shit. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the, the room of blood and guts. You know, they walk into the, they walk into the room. Gigi and his crew walk into the room. They flick on the light. And it's what? CGI blood on top of a superimposed picture on the on the room because none of that's real. That's some of the worst special effects I've well, ever seen. I mean, I didn't think that effect was as bad as the one later where. Oh, the one later is really fucking shit. Chunks being thrown yeah. out through the doorway. Um, but I, I I kind of brought that. I, it it was the dripping blood that annoyed me. I liked. <clears throat> I wanted to see dripping blood off the ceiling. But it did, that was what didn't yeah, look right. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. It's like, like this film is emphasised as being so violent and gory and stuff like that. And most of it, it's just CGI. I mean, fucking Evil Dead did gore a hell yeah. of a lot better than but they did in it. this the, room. The, the gore in this film is cartoon violence. Yeah, with that, and, and and believe it or not, that's what helped this film get through the MPAA, or at least the, the British classification over here, where it had to be heavily censored or banned in other countries. Yeah, 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 yeah. The British, I guess, looked at it and went, that's kind of funny. It's, it gets a pass. <laughs> yeah, it's either kind of funny or it looks shit. Nobody's going to believe that's a bloodied room. <laughs> it's not real bodies. It's not real But of course he falls over and all the intestines and guts are everywhere. And I'm like, well, that's all real. 
<laughs> and it's funny. It's falling over. In I guts. don't know the, the the effects for. I I still go back to like Dawn of the Dead special effects when the zombies are eating the flesh. That looks really cool. This room, I'm looking, at, and then once you get that that transition of it turning into the clean room, I'm like. So that's literally what you did. You slapped the superimposed fucking picture on top of what I was looking at and then just removed it and went, look, we cleaned it up. I was like, ah, okay. So so Kakahara at this point doesn't realize that his boss is dead, but is just missing. And so he um, sets out his own investigation and go, well, I mean, he's just a bodyguard underling. So he still has to follow the rules of the other Yakuza bosses. But Kakahara is like, fuck y'all. I'm, I'm doing my own thing and he he comes across well he first he meets up with karen the english-speaking prostitute who's who's kind of like his informant um played by i i mispronounce this I, i'm sorry if i mispronounce this but uh i think it's alien son or alan alien i don't know um but karen basically gives him kind of a little bit of an insight and we see Gigi and his crew at this bar getting drunk you know one of them's just constantly just fucking doing heroin all the time and you know Kakahara kind of spots Gigi and they have this look I did really like the, you know Takeshi Mike does really well with his camera work you know and and the way that the actors are acting I suppose you could be like oh, you know this is really really good but I suppose just the material that's kind of holding it all together is a bit ropey for me. Yeah, maybe the production quality is a bit dated now, especially some of the effects. But I think some of the other practical effects more than make up for some of the the bad ones that we'll get into when some of the killings happen. Yeah. But I also think uh, Takeshi Miike is excellent at characters and developing the characters as they go and... Yeah, there might not be some explanation or motives for some of the characters, which could be important, are not so that bad. important when following the characters in the moment in the events of this film. No, I'll, I'll agree with that. Some movies you literally start and you can just follow the characters from the start to the end. And it's the story that they're involved in that you don't have to question about other things um, going on outside of what they're doing. And yeah, I do get that a lot sometimes with Takeshi Miike's movies that I just go oh, I, these characters don't exist in the fucking real world but at the same time for me it's it's the story behind this that I like I said just kind of is ropey that like Gigi comes to Kakahara and goes oh yes um I think I saw this other guy who was hanging around the the apartment so you might want to question him you stole his porn video company and he's been bad mouthing you ever since so yeah. go go and pick him up so Kakahara just goes okay I'm gonna go and I'm gonna hook this guy up who's this guy is like a pretty high in you know some of the other gangs but he hooks him up and he hangs him from the fucking ceiling and he's torturing him by shoving spikes in his face and pouring oil on him. <laughs> and for me, I'm like, this is what the audience were getting from your movie. It's not the story or it's the or the actors acting. It's the violence. And this is what's helped this movie maintain a position in cinema. It's like... It's like, this is like if we turn and went, the reason why Forrest Gump did so well is because he fucking ran in the movie. <laughs> the reason why Itchy the Killer did well is because there's fucking torture and violence. Awesome. <laughs> is it? Oh, oh, oh. Oh. 
Well, I think this scene, this torture sequence is pretty graphic and it, it catches your attention. Yeah, you know? and I have to give credit to the actor that's in in the harness as well. Yeah, yeah. Fucked up. Twelve hours to get in the makeup and get in the harness. Yeah. Then twelve hours after that to film the sequence. It's like a pretty grueling day. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I thought all of the hooks and the skin being pulled back I thought was was very effective and yeah, it is extreme torture and you know this is just the beginning. But it, but that's what I mean. Sometimes you just. Less is more sometimes. Like, he's got this whole torture sequence set up. He's ramming the pins inside him. And, you know, it's like, what is he trying to get from him? Does he still fucking believe his boss is alive? If he's alive, he's stolen money and he fucked off. So if he, so if he doesn't believe that, then the alternative must be he's fucking dead. Ooh, Kakahara, he's fucking dead. But... You get from Kakara that he enjoys violence. He enjoys the pain. He enjoys this stuff being done to him. And I'm like, where is the entertainment value in that? What kind of person sits there and goes, I enjoy watching somebody get punched in the face and spiked through the face because it, it makes me smile. <laughs> if it makes you smile, motherfucker, you need a fucking lobotomy because honestly, it does nothing. It does nothing for the story. It does nothing for the story. We're supposed to be trying to work out who Itchy is. You know, and from what we gather, Itchy's a peeping Tom sitting in his room, you know, fucking tortured by memories that aren't even fucking real. You know, he's been practicing all this martial arts just so that he can take his one-bladed boot out and slice up a, pe a bunch of people. And if I'm honest, he slices them, them up terribly. Terrible! The special effect is... Fucking horrible when he walks into that room. Which one? <laughs> the, 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 the. He walks into that room, opens a door. We don't see anything. I hate it. Oh. I hate it when you don't fucking see the kill. Like I, I wanted to see these guys get sliced up, but we don't. We just watch blood sprays hit the wall and the body parts, and you're thinking, oh well, it can't be that bad. Yeah, it is that bad because when he slices a guy actually in half, the special effect is shocking. Yeah, it's the worst effect in in the whole film. And again, I think that's what helped it get past the ratings. So, like, that's not gory. It's, I mean, he splits, and we we hear and see all of this, you know, all these organs falling out, <laughs> and then he splits it too. It's nice, nice and clean. <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's terrible. But then because he, the sequence leads up. Well, right this, 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 the was, this exactly. Ichi has come back to. Uh, he he's been having this. Uh, relationship with the the prostitute that we saw raped at the beginning he's gone to her several times and uh yeah and he's forced her her on himself and enjoyed the pleasure of being dominant basically he likes inflicting pain it's the only way to get him off and so now that he's killed this guy now he wants to now rape her yeah and because... of course she defends herself and he ends up killing her and we get the same repetitive gore effect of just fountains fountains of blood but how, but like i said how is that entertaining how is that enjoyable what am i supposed to get from these characters in this sequence this guy gets off thinking that beating women is a good thing because well she kept going back to her pimp so she must enjoy being beaten up weren't you fucking listening when she was screaming no no don't do that to me that you thought it was okay like 
like this is the, this is what I'm saying about this movie. It's like if you've never seen Itchy the Killer and you sit down and watch it all the way through and go, wow, that was really fucking refreshing and entertaining. I need to watch it a second time. Then what the fuck are you looking for in cinema? If this is not your first time and you're thinking, well, I watch it three or four times a year and I really enjoy the deepness of the characters, fuck that shit because there's no deepness there. Itchy is a fucking mind-broken fucking sadomasochist fucking asshole, yo, who, like, he spends half of his time arguing with people going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And yet then we'll put on this suit and we'll break out in rage and slice people in half. It... He's completely mind-washed. He's completely under the spell uh, of, of his uncle who, he, who's t who took him in after he had murdered his parents. But that's not a good character, Gary. Well, it doesn't have to be a good character. It does for, <laughs> me, it does for me because, I, like I said, if I'm not enjoying watching any of these characters or enjoying any way that this story is going... What is the point? What is the point of me trying to watch it? I like like all of Tarantino's movies, and you know what? I don't like many of his characters either. But there's still an entertainment in watching despicable, horrible the characters. And Takeshi Make has always said that the the monsters of of Earth are the humans, <laughs> not Dracula, not Frankenstein. It's the humans. But that, but that doesn't but that doesn't make it entertaining. It can be. It's it, this film could be an absolute delight if you're in the mood to see splatter exploitation gore. It's been you know it's been in cinema since the beginning but, but since it's, Grindhouse. But it's <laughs> not. It's but it's not a story about splatter gore. That's my no. It's, that's my it point. features it. It's it feature. It's a feature of the movie, and it could have been the entire movie without a single splat of gore in it, and it would have still maintained the same low negative tone that the movie is trying to put across which i'm still not entirely sure what that what the point of the movie really is because they they keep building it up that Ichi and Kakahara are going to have this massive, huge meetup. Gigi has this hatred towards his gang after he was exiled from it. So he's trying to get his own back by taking Ichi and brainwashing him and sending him off to kill all these people. Like the whole robbery at the beginning is completely pointless if his aim is to kill the gang. Gigi is trying to set up this gang war, which at the same time, what's the point? You either use Itchy to wipe everybody out because from what we gathered, Itchy is superiorly fucking faster than everybody else and superbly great in martial arts that he can wipe, he can wipe out a room of like 15 guys without a single injury. <laughs> right? They're the Yakuza, right? You think they're going to be pretty well armed? But it, yeah, like nobody dies of it, gunshots in this entire film. But it's like Takeshi Miike was struggling for a third part for his movie. So he's like, well, I just need to tighten everything up. So the, so the, uh, the, the fucking heroin addict in Gigi's gang is just willingly just going to give up the information to Kakahara after he's caught. Yeah. Long, the guy who likes to be shagging prostitutes, even though he's told to stay hidden, decides that he's going to leave and go and get, have sex. But when he gets to the girl, she, he realizes she's been kidnapped by two twin cops, which were actually the same dude, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. They just literally, super, you know, had the same dude play twins, which I thought was cool. Like the dark humor, when you're looking for it, you can find it. I just think it's layered by this violent, horrible shit that people are going, oh, but it's entertainment. And I'm like, it's not. 
It is. You know, Tarantino's had to deal with this entire life. Don't go back to Tarantino again. But everyone always goes, your films are violent and disturbing and exploitative. And Tarantino goes, fuck you. Yes. No, that's fine. And I'm glad you went back to Tarantino. But Tarantino does it differently because most of his movies are homages to films that he has seen. And he says that. The same with Kill Bill. But you look at the art style and the direction that they had with Kill Bill to not have to show the violence because of the lack of success of Itchy the Killer. Like we said, Itchy the Killer came out in 2001 and has been more or less forgotten by audiences because it has that stigma of just being known as ultra-violent and ultra-disgusting. Same with the movies like the Tetsuo series, Tetsuo and Tetsuo Body Hammer. Bit of trivia for you. Right, okay. <laughs> the actor who plays Gigi, Shinja Sukamato. Right, yeah. That is the director of Tetsuo Iron Man and its subsequent sequels. <laughs> so... That would that would kind of explain <laughs> it. But once again, movies that actually look ultra great, but they actually literally have no point by the end of the movie. You sit there going, wow, what? What was my point then? I mean, I I, I got to bring up uh, the uh, the shouter guy Takayama who works for um, Kakahara. Like I was, I swear I've heard his voice before, and the way he just kept yelling at people to get them to do stuff. I was just like, I know your voice from somewhere. But we also have Kaneko, uh, played by Sabu or Sebu. Or literally, that's all Wikipedia had was Sabu. Um, <laughs> but he's like an ex-cop who's lost his job because he lost his gun and he joined the Yakuza. As you do. As, as you do. <laughs> but you only get, until halfway through the movie, you start to get more into his character. Like he's got a son, Takeshi, you know, who he doesn't really spend a lot of time with because the wife has left. And so he's joined the Yakuza. So out of, I suppose, every character in this whole entire movie, it's the kid I actually care for most and kind of feel some kind of relation to because he is a kid surrounded by all this fucking shit going on and he's the most innocent and he's the one that should be most protected. But nobody cares. Kaneko isn't going to spend any time with his son because he's too busy trying to fucking deal with the Yakuza boss that's still fucking missing. You know, even when Itchy comes across the kid being bullied, Itchy just stands there looking at the wall because, oh my God, I'm so afraid. I'm so scared. I can't bring myself to even say anything harsh to these little kids, but I'll kick him in the ribs because I'm a fucking trained martial artist fucking killer. <laughs> See, this is all building up to be the big joke, which is the big anti-climax for Kakahara, who gets so excited, like, he, he cannot get a hard-on anymore, like, until he meets Ichi. Like, he has this moment with Karen. Karen's oh, punching the crap the out of him, and he's just like, you know what, this isn't getting me off, I'm sorry, I'm done, see ya. I need to go find Ichi. Like, he'll give me pain, he'll make me suffer, only to find out that he is just a whimpering mind-washed child essentially and <laughs> it's just when you know that that's building up to that and that great disappointment kind of like how I imagine you feel about this film <laughs> i no you know what most i feel disappointed about this film is that people rave about it so much kind of probably the same thing i feel about audition as well people rave about it and they talk about how great it is and then i sit and i watch it and i don't find that well he had restraint in that one or, he didn't go or, full core <laughs> or 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 possibly i see it 
but I don't see the entertainment value in it. You know, like, why would why would I ever watch Itchy the Killer again? What am I going to get from it? The jokes are not that great, and the humour is well so hidden underneath all the crap and fucking violence and sadistic no. shit. She, he might disagree, but like we said, art is subjective. That's how that's how I feel about this movie because ultimately, like we said, we're building up all of this fighting and all of this screaming. The effects of the blood of Itchy fucking ripping the crap out of Yakuza guys is shit. I will just put it out there. I don't care what people say. It's fucking shit. But then when you compare it to when Kakahara cuts his own tongue out for you know, being bad against another his member penance. or his penance to uh, hurting another Yakuza member. That's what I'm thinking this whole movie should have been in. That kind of blood and gore, because that's what you're wanting. That's what the audience is supposedly asking for. And yet when you watch him do it, when you watch him cut off his tongue and hand it off and he spits the blood, it's like it meant nothing because... They don't stop him. He quits the syndicate. He takes his old gang members. So why cut his tongue? Why didn't he just walk out 20 minutes before but before they fired him? Because he likes inflicting pain on himself. That's part of his character. You know, it's not It's not but extreme even, enough. Yeah, but even the Yakuza guys didn't even care about him cutting out the tongue. And it's their fucking law that he's trying to enforce. They cut off his tongue, he threw it at a guy, and then Suzuki gets it, and he's just like, No, no, I'm not going to take your punishment. I'm still going to make my way against you, Kakahara. And so he then starts giving information to Gigi's crew about where Kakahara will be and where the Yakuza guys will be. So everybody's just fucking over everybody. And I'm like, yep. why? What is the point? Like, I would have probably preferred it if Itchy had been a complete innocent mind wiped child and towards the end he realized that but it's like when karen and gigi have their sit down and karen's like explain to me what's going on with itchy and he explains it and gigi's like yeah i just did it you know he he basically killed his parents and that's half his memory gone so i just filled in the blanks with a story i went a little bit too far with the rape story at one point and so that bit stuck <laughs> yes and now I'm using them to kill all these guys. For what reason? Because, because, once they meet up towards the end and Kakahara is being chased by fucking Itchy onto the rooftop and they have their confrontation and Itchy's doing his fucking best to trying to kill Kakahara and Kakahara's dodging it all and fucking staying out of the way. Because, I don't know, he's acting afraid like he doesn't want to get hurt because it's scaring him too much. He's enjoying like, the being scared he's, part. He's being, yeah. <laughs> and ultimately, Kaneko ends up coming across and pulling his gun on uh, Itchy. But he, he's such a flit as well, he doesn't even fire. And Itchy ends up slicing his throat. Well, he does. He shoots him in, I shoot in between him the legs, which misses. In... Then he shoots him in the leg. That's which... right. Yeah, but he had the perfect opportunity to shoot him in the fucking head. And, and like... For, he like hesitated and he just hesitated but, until but, he just kept walking well, towards him. Well, he had saved his son earlier in the film from the bullies, so maybe there was some resistance there. But, but he didn't save his son. He kicked the boy and he rode off. Yeah. Boy could have done that. Well, that's the story his, his son told him. Like, Itchy because, saved me. Yeah, because <laughs> the son is looking at Itchy going, oh yeah, I relate to you because I'm a bit of a weakling as well and people are bullying me. And Itchy's like, Itchy... But they have this confrontation up on the roof and Kakahara gets knocked onto a balcony and you see a, a blade slice him in the head and you're like, okay, 
he's taken an injury. And Kagahara falls and smashes onto the ground, and he's dead. He loves it all the way down. He loves it all the way down. <laughs> I just want to say, there was also a moment, like I said, where he was so upset and so distraught that the person that he thought would inflict the greatest pain, if not kill him, yeah. is just simpering and weeping on the floor like a like a lost lamb, you know? And he, he, he takes his own needles, and he's like, I can't take this no more. And he deafens himself. He's like, I cannot hear you cry no more. I can't take it. (laughs) It just epitomizes how useless it she is. Well, yeah, the moment the moment he's not under brain control anymore, the moment he's re- but, right. re- he's reduced to nothing. But, but this ending is completely pointless in com- in comparison to the the rest of the story because he kicks Kakahara off the roof. Kakahara lands on the floor. Gigi comes running out all happy after he's crushed fucking Takayama. That CGI fucking head on the muscle body was, that was fucking hilarious. stupid. It was so fucking stupid. It was hilarious. so fucking stupid. <laughs> And he comes up to Kakahara's body and he lifts up the hair and there's no bladed mark. Now, what we had seen upon the roof, Kakahara had deafened himself, uh, fucking Ichi's on the floor getting his fucking ass handed to him by the kid because he's killed the kid's dad. And we hear him slice the kid's head off and then hit Kakahara. But then when Kakahara hits the floor, it's not real. So Gigi realizes it's not real. And so he realises that Ichi's just up on the roof still getting the shit kicked out of him. And so he goes and hangs himself. Sometime later. What was the fucking point? What was the fucking point? (laughs) To take out the Yakuza once and for all. But he didn't. The two other fucking clans are still there. Funaki and his fucking boss are still there with their guys. He literally just took out his gang. Seeing Gigi hanging from the tree at the end, we can see the boy at the end is supposed to be Takeshi, Takeshi a little bit older. So years have passed between but the he, ending and this scene but, here. But we don't so know. But we don't maybe know. He took out all the other yakuza. But we don't. But what, <laughs> then why hang himself and why leave the three million yen? Because he was running off with the money. He drops the money by Kakahara's body and he just walks off so sullen because yeah. <laughs> he didn't get the end. Yeah, yeah. K- Kakahara also did not get his ending that he wanted, and and. It was like a, I don't know, a, a fantasy. Like the moment the needles went in his ears, that's it. Like the film ends there, really. So maybe maybe he just killed brain damage and killed himself there and then. And then we see him in a blackened room in the bathtub and his jaw drops. <laughs> like your reaction to the film, Ian. I just, I just don't see the point in it. I just don't see... Like, I suppose maybe I've spoiled myself since first watching this in 2001 by watching movies that actually mean something at the end of it this movie once again doesn't mean anything like it's a great tragedy about two souls that were destined for each other oh, soulmates fuck and off. through don't actions of others shit on top of it just wasn't meant to be <laughs> Fucking Romeo and Juliet, is it? Well, almost. I suppose if it's fucking <laughs> Takeshi Mike went, well, actually, I took the inspiration from fucking Romeo and Juliet. Don't you think it's a very tragic love story? Yeah, no! 
Takeshi Miike, I don't. I think you decided one day that you were going to make an ultra-violent movie because that's where cinema was going at that time. You threw it out into the fucking fucking never regions of cinema. Everybody went, oh my god, it's ultra-violent! This is my Texas Chainsaw Massacre look like a fucking sleepover at a girls' camp! And everybody watched it and everyone went, wow, this is shit! And that's where it stayed. Because he had to go off and make 20 other motherfucking movies just to try to fucking regross back some of the money that he fucking possibly lost. Would you like to give your favourite scenes, if any? I have a few favourite sequences in this movie. And I, like I said, I feel that this um, goes towards the director's actual skill in what he was actually able to do. So, for example, like we said, the torture sequence, it's Great. It's done incredibly well. Yes, you can look past the fact that the guy is wearing a skin suit while hanging from there. But in the idea of Yakuza torture, it makes sense. Um, it's maybe too long. I, this movie is fucking 30 minutes way too fucking long. And I know the title card at the beginning told me that, you know, it's exactly the way Takeshi Miike expected his audience to see it. But it's way too long and it's just pointless and some of the sequences like the torch sequence was done well with a skill you know and you can take that with some of Takeshi Miike's sequences like like I said the sequence I really liked in the bar where Kakahara meets Gigi and the two of them are looking across from each other and you get the close-up of Gigi's face where he goes from smiling just to like I fucking hate you and Kakahara goes from I fucking hate you to ah, I'm watching you I love the, the 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 sleeping moment where um, with the feathers where uh, Kakahara has come across the uh, heroin guy and he's kind of you know talking to him and the heroin guy explains to him that the only reason you want to get your boss back is because he beats you and is the only person that actually makes you feel that kind of pain and you get the dawn of realization that Kakahara's secret is out and he kind of flops into the feathers. I thought that was really done. Like I said, there was just so much stuff technically done very well in the movie that it's just mirrored in the shit that they're trying to actually sell the movie with like there was this amazing window sequence where you had two guys lying up against the window sleeping and you could see the city behind them and the, the camera was kind of like a fisheye kind of style and hold it and i'm like that's really well done but i don't care for either of these two characters so i don't care where they've come from or where this is going but this little moment works like the fucking restaurant is it the restaurant sequence or the bar sequence where they decide to pull that guy's face off right yeah what's the fucking point in that like they just fucking kagahara is just like well i can do anything i want so i want to pull this guy's cheek off of his face until then karen comes in and goes yeah okay then i'll help you too and the two of them are pulling some guy's face off it should have ripped at some point but it didn't oh you hear it ripping and after a while it's just fucking effect and i'm like the even the effect now is kind of poor Gigi's reveal where it turns out he's got like fucking a 12 pack He's just a he's a fucking bodybuilder. He's just a fucking giant he's bodybuilder. No, he's just a superimposed head. Yeah. That's what he is. It's a muscle-bound body. Do you know what it makes me reminding me of? As soon as I saw it, Kung Pao, where he's like, "You stand up," and the old man stands up, and he says, "No, no, the kid," and the kid stands up. I'm like, "Dad, that's, that's yeah. fucking as stupid as that fucking effect is." He kills the he kills the other guy. Breaks his, every bone in his body. I did, I did like the the uh, the rooftop sequence, and obviously this is all all come after like Itchy has killed the two cops, 
you know, um, a fucking, you had the torture sequence where the woman had her nipples cut off of her tits and shit like that. That and was then, brutal. And yeah. then Kaneko or the, the, the fucking cop just goes in there and just fucking beats the shit out of her. It's like, I can go with violence, okay? I've watched enough movies, but the violence has to mean something. Okay, when a when an ex police officer walks into a room with a woman who's already been tortured to the point of death, and then just kicks the fucking shit out of her until she dies, I don't. I'm sorry. I I don't care. It's it's just wrong. Uh, so yeah, the end rooftop sequence. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there are so many memorable scenes in this film, for good and for bad. And like I said, the opening, you're going to remember it. It's going to stick with you because you're going to see a couple more times throughout the film. And you'll know right away to switch the film off when you see the cum dripping off of the foliage outside. Mm. That's your cutoff point. If you're still here, then this film's got such sights to show you. <laughs> the torture scenes. There's plenty of them. You're going to see hot pokers and metal prods get poked in through every face in every which way. You're going to see a guy wheeled up inside a TV set and then abandoned <laughs> with all the other trash and people just walking by. Well, yeah, yeah, this is normal. Normal, normal Japan streets. The cutting the tongue, tongue off is his penance. Like, yeah, okay, the CGI is pretty bad here. But the thought of it, it's still wincing. It's still eye-wateringly horrible to imagine. And because this is pretty much our POV character for the film, you're kind of following... His story. And that's a real gross-out moment there. The scene where uh, Ichi saves the girl from, from being raped by her abuser, only to then end up fighting her and killing her. Horrible moment. That's the moment when you realise when, after he's killed the dude and he has an erection, that you're just like, my god, man, this film is has no boundaries. <laughs> it has none. The off-screen massacre, like all of the screams and just Evil Dead-style blood and limbs being thrown out the door. Yeah, CGI is awful, but I did like the face sliding down the wall, like, and it spins. <laughs> the ending, when he's on the roof and he's looking around and he's like, there's no one left to kill me. Just like, oh man, like, you're a piece of shit, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. Like, you gotta die. Ian. Do I have to ask? <laughs> Do you just want to say no? <laughs> no, actually. Um, because as a piece of cinema, it has to be seen. And you will, as Gary said, you will decide before even turning the movie on if this movie is for you or not. And like I said, for in, in the last 20 plus years of this movie actually being out, I don't think I've really actually come across anybody or even a mass of people that turn around going, oh, well, my favorite movie is fucking Itchy the Killer. Those types of people, the type of people that purposely go out to seek out violence and rape and blood and gore as entertainment really need to expand their knowledge on movies. You know, maybe, like I said, maybe I've spoiled myself by watching classics from the 1930s to the 1970s that don't have to rely on that to actually deliver entertaining stories. Maybe I've spoiled myself from, you know, movies from the 70s to the early 2000s of actors actually acting. You know, you brought up Quentin Tarantino and obviously all of his movies. He actually went out of his way to get people who could actually tell the story that he was trying to tell. Takeshi Miike with this movie, like, 
where did these actors go after this? Did they do anything ever major? Did there any any more movies come out after this movie came out that they were like the audience were like, hey, remember that guy from Mitchie the Killer? He's so fucking good in this movie and that movie and this movie. I don't know. I maybe you know, show me in the comment section but what i do know is this that after the first time itchy the killer came out it went under the radar for me because nobody wanted to talk about it and there's reasons why people don't want to talk about this movie as i said the technical side of this movie from the director is very well done much like what they did with audition and i did have some good points in audition what I find with a lot of this director's movies and a lot of movies that are falling into this category is that they are only really remembered because of the violence, because of how uneasy it makes you feel, of how difficult the movie is to sit through a lot of the times. You know, Misery is a great movie, but we don't just remember it because she smashes a guy's fucking ankles in with a sledgehammer. We'll always remember Itchy the Killer because why? Women get beaten, raped, and people get sliced up, and you don't even fucking see it. So, if you're going to watch this movie, go and watch it. Just don't advertise that you watched it just because of the fucking violence. That's the only reason why I watched it in the first place. <laughs> it's like, it's Asian extreme cinema. I'm watching that. Why? Because it's going to be extreme and challenging viewing. It's the only reason why this film ever came into my attention in the first place. Then you really should go watch Uncut Gems because you'll enjoy it just as much as you enjoyed this. I am going to recommend Itchy the Killer. It's not a film that I enjoy, but it is worth the watch, especially if you're after a story with psychologically damaged characters dealing with disturbing subject matter layered in an over-the-top cartoon gore and violence. The film rarely holds back with its graphic depictions of torture, mutilation, and rape. It's easy to see why this film was labelled as one of the most shocking films ever made. But if you think the film was brutal, the manga goes way further in how disturbing and messed up the story really, really is. This film is a solid adaptation, though, being pretty faithful to the source material, and hugely succeeds at bringing Kakahara to life, truly psychotic, yet charismatic, strange, and he's brilliantly portrayed here, amongst some other awful, despisable and despicable characters. The practical gore effects here are great. A few stomach-churning effects, and some atrocious CGI effects that really let it down. But it's still effective in getting across what it wants to say, and the cartoon nature of it lends itself to being a black comedy. The film has some okay cinematography, okay editing, and I wasn't really a fan of the soundtrack by The Boredoms. Oh, the music was pretty shit. It was. It, they are known as noise rock or Japanese, and they are often minimalist, repetitive, and mixed with ambient music and tribal drumming. I did not like the music uh, in any of the chase sequences or action scenes. It was really actually annoying. For me, this film was better, actually, on a second viewing. I actually enjoyed it more than as I disposed of it on my first viewing. It's messed up. It's considered a Takeshi Miike masterpiece. And you'll know if you're going to enjoy this, like we've said, if you make it past the film's opening credits. Love hurts. <laughs> Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.